apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Throwing jabs, always full send, here we go again, Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in, with a punch's chance, we find a way to win. The main event, lock it in every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist of cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet a stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a standing eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scratch. To fight stats, relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Yes, it is. Welcome to Throwing Jabs. I'm Joe McGuire along with Jared Jones. Jace Garcia out today. Pride is in the house. Riley Barrett Valdez from Prideful Cake is here. We appreciate you being here. And obviously, there's no fights uh, from last week, so no fights to preview. Instead, We've got uh, our dream cards for 2022, and in true Jace Garcia fashion, there were literally no parameters. Yes, shocking, wasn't it? Uh, The kind of thing that would lead to blood-curdling screams, no doubt. Um, So we'll we'll take a look at... I I went... You know me, I'm a realist, so I picked the actual fights I really do want to see. My list will probably be the lamest uh, of the list because I picked the ones... You know, you, you know what I mean. Anyway, uh, we will also fight the first, uh, the first, it's not a pay-per-view, but the first uh, fight night, Cater uh, versus Chikadze. Looking forward to that one. We're also going to talk Joe Smith Jr. Uh, Callum Johnson, not uh, going to be his opponent. Instead, Steve Gifford. Uh, then Jared will do, um, I assume, a puncher's chance, and, and I assume a flurry. Yeah, so let's get things started, and let's talk dream card for 2022. I'm just going to go first, because I, I I think my list is going to be not lame, but it's going to be literally what I think uh, I want to see this year, and I think that you guys will agree with all of these. So I'll start, and then we'll go around the room here. 
The number one fight I want to see in 2022, and again, one I think realistically could and should be made is obviously you know how I feel about her. Shevchenko versus Nunez 3. I think now is the time. Whether she wants to run it back uh, with with uh, Pena first, that's fine. Uh, but I do think before the year is out, I'd love to see uh, the goat and the little goat like we had in the Super Bowl last year. Got to get Jan Sterling 2 in here. I think that's a must. I think everybody knows how that fight's going to go. It's going to go just like it did before that illegal knee. Need me some Crawford Spence. Probably not going to happen, but I don't know. I just, I, w- I would still hold out hope. But Terbia versus Bibble, I think, is a fight uh, that we we deserve, to be honest. I think that's just two mashers. That's right now, to me, the, the, the uh, obviously, the light everywhere division. I just think right now that's one of the like three top fights I want to see in boxing. I think that would be outstanding. And then Kamara Usman versus Kazmet Chemaev. I think would also be a fight. Usman is such an amazing champion uh, in the vein of Anderson Silva. And I think he deserves a really high quality opponent. And I think Chemaev would be just that guy. We could break down my list. I got two honorable mentions I just wanted to throw out there. Uh, one is John Jones. The other is Conor McGregor versus anybody. Uh, but I mean in an octagon, not at a bar or at a street fight. So I'd love <laughs> to see both of them uh, in action. Jared, what do you got? What's your list look like? Dream card fight 2022. I bet you could probably name a couple of these uh, without without any help. Um, Virgil Ortiz, Bud Crawford. It's a no-brainer. I've been talking about this Ortiz kid beating Bud Crawford since we started the show. I've also been talking about Baturbiev beating Canelo since we started the show. I've also been talking about Savannah Marshall beating Clarissa Shields. If we could get all of these on one card, whoo! I also have Tyson Fury, Logan Paul. And uh, Trump Biden. I mean, there were no parameters, like you said. This is what I'm seeing. See Trump Biden's the about. main event, or do we undercard Logan Paul? How do we do this? Here's I. I literally was telling Pride this before <laughs> the show. I said, "Listen, you know," and I love Jason, and Jace always has these great ideas, but there's never any parameters, so you literally can pick anything. Now that you've seen the list, Pride, you saw what because I don't. I just take it legit. Jared is, I love it. Where are you? Where do you fall? Give me your dream fight card for 2020. So, the Bob main versus the Olsen twins. <laughs> no, no. Don't, too, too soon. soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Way too, too soon. soon. My bad, guys. So, my, the main event is going to be Chuck Norris versus the Red Power Rangers um, <laughs> from Dino Force. That's going to be the main event. He um, gets it. That's the only way I would have I would any card. With Jake Paul on it, the only <laughs> um, so I do have a few. I do have a couple honorable mentions. Um, um, I, Tank and uh, and uh, Garcia. I just want them to fight just so they shut up. At this point, that's really what I'm here for. Like, just shut up. Like, I'm sick and tired of you guys talking like crap to each other on Twitter, then deleting your Twitter, then say, "Oh wait, here's Twitter," and then talk more crap, and then somebody gets popped, or somebody gets arrested, or somebody backs out. It's just it's so annoying. So. Get him out of here. Another one I low-key want to see, Andy Ruiz versus Deontay Wilder. I just want to put these two 
these two untechnical dudes, throw them in a ring, just swing. Do whatever you want, just swing. Go have reckless abandonment, enjoy yourselves, have fun. So, obviously, the first one on my list, um, it's pretty obvious. Um, I need in my life Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. And it's just because I don't think Tyson Fury has that much left in him. Mostly because of his age, but also he kind of also said, look, man, I already laid out my future. I only got about four or five fights left in me. And I'm trying to do all this stuff before I leave the sport. So I think now would be the time for that. Um, another one, and this is just me personally, I want to see Teofimo Lopez go up against Vasily uh, Lomachenko again. So Lomachenko should just beat the bricks off him and just show the world. I Listen, man, I messed up, but he's not better than me. I just want the world to know that. Because I've heard people say, oh, yeah, Lopez is legit. No, he's not. Let's pump the brakes. Let's settle. Let's settle down. Good. He's a great fighter. Let's not get it twisted. But we need to relax because we need to understand Lomachenko sold himself out. We just need to get that out the way. We can't sit here and keep pretending that Lopez had the perfect game plan. No. Um, Lomachenko came out way too late. Way too late. And by the time he started fighting, it was already too late. I will say this in my dying breath. I thought it was a tie. That's just me. I thought it was a draw. But teach their own. So those are the two boxing ones I have. Now, in terms of the UFC, honorable mention, Joe, you hit it on the head. Amanda Nunes versus Valentina Shevchenko. That would be the fight to happen right now. Um, I don't think she runs it back with Pena. I don't think she does that immediately. Because let's be honest, right now, the hottest fight is um, Shevchenko versus Nunes. That would be the hottest thing to do right now. Now, if she wants to, I agree with you, Joe. If she wants to fight... Um, Amanda for, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Julian Pena first. They go to Shevchenko. Okay, fine. As long as it happens in 2022, I don't care. Number two, I hope and pray this happens. I want Michael Chandler to move up and wait to go to welterweight. Him versus Usman. I don't know, man. That tickles me in a very, very special way. That tickles me in a very special way. If you look at the welterweight division, it's already done cleaned out. I love Leon Edwards. He doesn't have a chance. That's my boy. So if he ends up being next against Kamaru Usman, I don't see him having a chance. Michael Chandler, his opportunities at lightweight are done. He had like, what, three chances? Messed up five of them? So at this point, going up to welterweight might be the thing for him. He goes up to welterweight. He beats any of the top five guys. Dude's going sizzling. Dana White will have no problem putting him in his second fight at welterweight in the title picture. So that would be me. And then another one I have, if we're going to bring John Jones back, I want to see if the gentleman who took over the lightweight division after him was legit. I need Jan Blahovich versus John Jones to see when Jan was the light, the light heavyweight champion, was he legit? Was it real? Was it really a case of him being nice? Or was it just John Jones leaving the division and he just happened to be the second best? So that's, that, that's another one. And by the way, one of these days, we will respect Kai Kara France. And Kai Kara France needs a title shot. I don't care if it's Brandon Moreno, David Figueredo. I don't care if it's me. He ain't going to need a title shot. So that, those those are those would be mine. But Kai Ooh, Kara needs a title Francis shot. Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. What do you guys think of that? That's a fun fight. 
That sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see that. I'm already getting Gan and Ganu. So I've got my five fights that I that I've had forever. And this is the second one. There you go. And Usyk beat Joshua. Man, people, every time I said that, building up to even signing the fight, they're in different weight classes. How is that ever going to happen? You know? And here Mm -hmm. we are. This is the second of the five. All right. Um, Is is, is there, uh, what other fights, honestly, do you guys want to see this year? And, you know, I was thinking about one of the people I was thinking about uh, earlier when I was putting my list together, because I did it this morning, um, was uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. And I was thinking to myself, because I love him. You guys know how I feel about him. Who next? Who's the guy that can, I mean, Dana's going to throw someone in there, whatever. Who do you think legit has a shot to beat that guy? Honestly? Yeah. Honestly. I think TJ Dillashaw needs to move up and wait. I'll be honest. I think TJ Dillashaw is, as much as I hate him, if if anyone can take out Alexander Volkanovsky, I think it's TJ. Now, maybe you guys think differently. I'm looking at the lightweight division. Our stun silence might. Yeah, because that's what I'm that. saying. Like, like the stun silence kind of tells me that, like, yo, get all right, pride, you're on one. I'm thinking but, about it. But like, if you look at the worry. lightweight division, because, again, no one from multiweight is, is, is dropping. Let's just be fair here, right? No, no one's going to drop like that. So if you go to the lightweight division, I don't think any of them will be able to cut the weight and still be successful in featherweight. The answer is. I don't think so. 12 hours from now. 12 hours from right now, go sit down in front of your TV mm-hmm. and you will have an opportunity to see the answer to this question. I don't think either one of them has it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I promise you. Qatar but- gets stopped by a guy that's going to compete at the top of this division for a long time. I understand that. Spoiler understand alert. That. But he's going to be that's on top the of the answer to this question. You got not you. really, though, but not really because Alexander Volkanovsky will beat both of them at the same time. In the same yeah. hour, you know. So again, and 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 well, all right. I'll tell you what. We're gonna we gotta we're gonna run the fight preview in a hot minute anyway. And and I can tell you right now. I mean, so Jared and I sat together and watched Max Holloway and Calvin Cater when they fought on national television, and it was the most violent thing ABC has run since the Rodney King tape. I mean, it was. You know, we I remember we were sitting there and and I, I kept looking at Jared like I wanted him to throw a towel in. Because it was, <laughs> somebody had Isn't to do that it. Your guy? It was so it was dude. I felt like Loma against uh, in his last fight where I'm like, you guys want me to stop the beating here or what? Because this, this feels this feels wrong. Um when we'll we're gonna run that fight preview in a minute, but yeah, um, I I do think, well, we'll get into it. Let's we're gonna take a quick break. We'll run our fight preview. We'll come out. We'll break down that fight. And did and I, I really again, break the show when I said that? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to take a break, regroup, and uh, we'll be back with uh, the the uh, Chikadze Cater fight night preview. 
Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Event of 2022 live from the Apex in Las Vegas, UFC on ESPN, Cater vs. Chikazi, featuring a main event in the Bantamweight division between Kelvin Cater and Giga Chikazi. Let's break it down. Chika Chikadze is 33 years old. He's six foot tall with a 74-inch reach and a record of 14-2 with nine knockouts. From Tbilisi, Georgia, Chikadze began training in Goju-Ru Karate at the age of five and had a highly successful kickboxing career in the glory promotion, amassing a record of 38-6 and six with 22 knockouts before making his MMA debut in 2015, which he lost by decision. He went on to win his next five all by knockout before joining Dana White's Contender Series of June of 2018, suffering his second loss when he was submitted via rear naked choke by Austin Springer. He returned to the Gladiator Challenge promotion where he quickly submitted C.J. Baines and defeated Damian Manzanares by first-round knockout before signing a four-fight contract with the UFC the following year, where he defeated Brandon Davis by split decision. In 2020, he went on a four-fight winning streak, defeating Jamal Emmers, Erwin Rivera and Omar Morales by decision, and then knocking out Jamie Simmons with a head kick, followed by grounded pound. In May of 2021, he took on Cub Swanson, letting a left kick to the liver that rendered Swanson defenseless, causing the referee to stop the fight just one minute and three seconds into the first round. On August 28, 2021, he faced UFC mainstay Edson Barboza, engaging in a savage back-and-forth brawl before stopping him in the third round with a brutal one-two. A former kickboxing and karate champion with elite-level stand-up and powerful body kicks, Chikadze is a patient fighter who uses his height and reach to stay on the outside and pick off his opponents. Training at King's MMA under the tutelage of Rafael Cordero, Chikadze boasts an excellent 68% strike defense while landing 3.7 strikes per minute and has dropped each of his last five opponents. Calvin Cater's 33 years old. He's 5'11 with a 72-inch reach and a record of 22-5 with 11 knockouts and two submissions. From Athune, Massachusetts, he took up wrestling in his freshman year, going on to become ranked fifth at the Division I MIAA State Championships. After deciding not to wrestle in college, he instead got his associate's degree at Middlesex Community College and made his MMA debut in June of 2007 with a first-round TKO. He then went 16-2 with seven knockouts while fighting in the New England Regional Circuit before making his UFC debut on July of 2017 with a unanimous decision over Andre Feely and followed that up with a third-round knockout over Shane Burgos before dropping a decision to Renata Moincano. He bounced back with two impressive first-round knockouts of Chris Fishgold and Ricardo Lamas before headlining his first UFC event, albeit in a losing effort 
against Zabit Medomegsharapov. In his next fight at UFC 249, he took on UFC mainstay Jeremy Stevens, who came in five pounds overweight and was fined 20% of his purse before coming out to a full start, beating up Qatar's legs with low kicks and landing powerful combinations before getting dropped with a vicious right elbow in the second round and finished off with grounded pound. After signing a new contract, he took on the highly regarded Dan Ige, putting up an impressive display of skill and power and dominating him with his jab and reach en route to winning a wide unanimous decision. On January 16, 2021, he faced former champion and all-time great Max Holloway, ending up on the losing side of one of the most one-sided fights in UFC history, taking heavy damage as Holloway landed a record 445 strikes including 141 of the fourth round alone. A highly proficient technical striker, Cater possesses excellent power in some of the best boxing in MMA, using his jab, low kicks, and reach to keep his opponents at distance while landing five strikes per minute. Will the speed and kickboxing skills of Chikadze be too much for Qatar, or will the Boston finisher be able to overwhelm his opponent with volume and power as both men eye a title shot against current featherweight kingpin Alexander Volkanovsky? Tune in Saturday night to Vegas 46, and let's find out. And find out we will. Uh, I am excited about this fight. I have a couple. Listen, to me, here, here's the deal. I think Chikadze is the better all-around fighter. We know what kind of striker Calvin Cater is. The problem is, the only problem is, is if this guy's not landing strikes, he becomes a lot more beatable. And, and and that's my fear. Again, going back to that fight, I also have to wonder, he hasn't fought since taking a hellacious beating from Max Holloway. And I have to wonder, you know, we saw Brian Ortega with a long layoff come back uh, after a beating uh, from Max Holloway. Uh, these, these things Jason's can be... Jason's hair took a layoff after that fight. Yeah, too. it did. You know, listen, Jared, I, I mean, look, you're a fighter. You you fought before. You maybe can understand that better than other people. Should we be concerned about the – that's the last time he was in a ring. Is there layover? Is there physical effect, mental? It, can he just get over it and, and be the Calvin Cater, the Boston finisher he's always been? You can't ever tell. Yes, there's reason for concern. Absolutely. Bouncing back from something like that. There are guys that that take losses like that and change. Look at Pacquiao's early losses. I mean, there's a nobody on that list. And you watch his next few fights. It did what it was supposed to do when you take a loss. I don't think Qatar's at that point in his career. And I, and I, and I was talking about this Chigadze cat a little bit earlier. And in my opinion, Volkanovsky... Max Holloway, Chigadze, everybody else. And after tonight, when we recap this show next week, you're going to say Qatar's a shot fighter. And that won't necessarily be the case. He's just going to be completely outclassed with a guy with a, a more tricks in his bag. than Qatar. Chikadze is the real deal. He can beat those Holloway um, I'm not calling that Holloway Volkanovsky, but the answer to you who can give those guys a, a, a fight besides each other, 
Shikadze all, all day long. This is the guy. I'm telling you, this guy is the it factor. He's passing the eye test for me. And don't get it twisted. I understand. You know what I mean? But let's be fair here. If he ends up being the top three, all he's doing is taking Brian Ortega's place. Let's be fair here, right? Like, again, before it was just the three guys, Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega, and you can shake your head, Jared. I love you. You're my dude and all. But look, man, the only way Alexander Volkanovsky will lose that belt is when he's an old, decrepit man. Chikadze doesn't lose the fight like that, though. Ortega got his hat. No, 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 don't get it twisted. Hold on. <laughs> I understand that. Hold on. And I'm with you there. Would he put up a better fight? Of course, no debate. He's still losing. He's still losing. Holy cow. That's a stat I didn't know. 32 of Marciano's 49 opponents retired after they fought him. Wow. See, I, would, I would say I don't believe that, but then again, Tony, Tony with the hot take. So yeah. yeah, no, it's real. So that's why I'm not questioning it. It's real. It. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> how, is, real. how is Rocky Marciano's nickname not the career finisher? Holy smoly. That's wild. Wow, I mean, dude. 32 but, retirement yeah, parties. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> but, Jared, to your point, though, um, about how Qatar is going to be, whenever you get dominated, dominated to the point that, and again, Max Holloway, let's be fair here, before you get to um, Alexander Volkanovsky, you're going to have to go through either Brian Ortega or Max Holloway. Because those two guys are the ones right under him. Qatar, it, it was brutal. It was almost, I don't want to say it's embarrassing because it's Max Holloway. But Max Holloway almost looked like he didn't even break a sweat. I'd worry Max, about Chikadze versus Volkanovsky, but Chikadze beats Holloway. You think, you think he beats Holloway? I think he beats Holloway. I think that'll be close. And you and this 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 fight, if the last fight wasn't a coming out party, this will be. Qatar at his no. best couldn't handle this guy. At his you, best, you, he couldn't handle best. this guy. And now he's never been versatile enough. He's one of the best boxers in the game, just like Joe said in the bit, but he's not versatile enough. He doesn't do mm. those other things well enough. Max Holloway kind of exposed him a little bit because I think that was him at his best. And him coming on after that fight. Are we going to get that same best guy? And if he what couldn't compete at that level, then what makes you think he's going to do it You know it what? Now? Interesting that I've listened. This was Chicago's a lot like dominating this, this fight. The line's sure. not high enough. This mm. the Listen, that that fight was, was I think, in a, in a lot of ways, like in Trosh and Shevchenko, where the idea was if she's got a chance to win, she's going to have to get it on the ground. And then you watched an entire fight where Shevchenko had Andrade on the ground. The idea was, you know, listen, Max Holloway was well-rounded enough, right, to beat Calvin Cater, but he wanted to go in there and prove who the better boxer was. I, I picked Cater. But, no, but I, picked I remember. But I thought if he kept enough space and was able to box, and he did, to be fair to him, he did uh -huh. a good job keeping the fight the way he wanted it. He just got his ass whipped at his best skill. But, but here's my thing with yeah. that, though. But here's my thing with that. Is it fair to say that he got exposed when you're fighting, A, not only one of the best fighters. Yes. I think he's the second best fighter in that division. And you can even make an argument that he's the best. You can make an argument that he's better. If you want to, that's fine. I'm not going to make that argument. But is it fair to say he got he got exposed? Yes. Against Max Holloway? 
Yes. Nah, brother, I can't say that. Yes, because we didn't know exposed. how good he was. I picked Ready? him. Exposed, I picked him. I'll, we didn't I'll, know how good I'll, he was until I'll after give you, that, and now we know. I'll give you another oh. example. Here's one. Maybe maybe this will help you put it into perspective. Think John Jones, Chael Sonnen, where, again, John stayed up close in the clinch with a guy he's got a, a six-inch and, and nine-inch reach advantage on. Um, John decided to fight to fight. Everybody thought Chael Sonnen was going to fight. The only way Chet was going to win was to fight like that. You literally, I mean, Calvin Cater couldn't have asked for a better situation to fight mm. Max Holloway. If you told him before that fight, you guys are going to stand there for five rounds and bang, he'd have been like, I'll take it all day. All day. That's what I do. Right. Instead, he totally got exposed. He got exposed because, it. listen, beyond, listen, like I said to start this, when Kelvin Cater isn't landing strikes, he's a bad fighter because he doesn't have great defense, okay? And he doesn't really have the other skill sets. Chikadze does all of those other things. But but here's the thing. But Jared, Jared, we're having two separate conversations, right? Because let me just get this. I am not a Calvin Cater fan. Let me just get that out the way because I think my, the, the, my approach, I think it's a little <laughs> off right now, okay? I'm not saying that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm hearing that you love Cater, so no, I don't, no, I'm not no, sure. No, I don't, no, I don't love him that much. I propose. He said no, so him and I, we're on, uh, we're on, uh, you know, our relationship right now is a little rocky. Um, <laughs> You're on a break. I got you. Yeah, we're on, we're on a break. I'm, our relationship is on a sabbatical. But <laughs> my thing is, I don't think it's fair to say he got exposed when you're fighting one of the best guys, or in some people's eyes, the best guy in the division. And a guy who deserves to be in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Like, that's kind of where I don't think it's fair to say he, he got exposed. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Because Jared, he's about to kill me. And 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 Joe, I see you. You're like, I'm going to let it happen. I'm not trying to make an argument that Cater can beat that kid. He... <laughs> Jared, whatever you want to have at it. <laughs> Cater's going to lose, right? He's going to lose. I don't think it's going to be as dominating as people think. I don't think Cater is that bad of a fighter. I just think the circumstances are in this weird way where they need to make somebody be, be legit. The UFC needs to force somebody. And since Cater was, he was a, he's like, well, top five dude, they're going to do it to him. Do you remember Tony Ferguson after the Justin Gaethje fight and what a shell of a human being that guy same. is. He ain't look the same. I uh, mean, Tony Ferguson will never be the same. You guys, you and Jace picked him twice more after that. Mm, go ahead, Jared. Expose him. Expose him, Jared. Expose him, Jared. Expose him. <laughs> Ferguson, early on, early on with now, the look, Ferguson I, thing. I, but I, hey, well, the thing hey, about listen. Qatar is great boxer, but we know he doesn't have the rest of the skill set to compete at the top of the game. We already knew that. So when you go in, like like Joe just said, if if but if you told him you were going to stand toe-to-toe and trade for five rounds, mm-hmm. he would have taken that. So you took his great – Greatest skill you took, you went right into his wheelhouse and proved he can't compete at the top of the game, even if they're boxing. And now he's going to fight an MMA fight with Chikadze, who's got a little boxing record himself. Which, again, I'm not won't Jared, win. I'm not, Qatar I'm not may seeing. not win another fight either. Max Holloway, you don't ish. think so? You don't think so? 
Max Holloway is going to have to cherry pick something to get it done. I think sometimes, and and again, in a situation where you got the fight you wanted on your terms and your style at the thing you claim to be the best at, you have no excuses in that situation again. No excuse, right? Again, dude, think about Jones Sonnen. Same thing. Like, that was not... I remember watching that fight. Joe Rogan was like, I don't know what John Jones is doing. Like, this this could not have been his plan going in. I think he improvised. Again, John Jones, the kind of guy, he doesn't want to just beat you. He wants to crush your soul. I got a story. I got a quick story. So I'm, at, I'm out at a bar, and uh, this girl was talking to me, gave me her phone number. This is obviously a long time ago. Um, and she ended up being married, but I was in the same bar a week later and a guy walks over to me. Why are you calling my wife? I don't know your wife. Who's your, who's your wife? How did I get her number? You know, my girl's got a watch and a pager and stuff. She wouldn't tell you what time it is. I got all seven numbers from her. Um, so he was pretty upset and the bouncers came over and they wanted us to break. Hey, you guys, you know. You guys just kill it, dead it, shake hands. I put my hand out. He said, this guy can shake my... Um, I didn't take too kindly to it, but again, I didn't want to ruin the whole night. End up getting kicked out anyways. Uh, these kids first, there's double digits of them. And then me and my two buddies get kicked out and we're walking outside and one of my buddies disappears. But I looked for them. I saw one here. I saw one here, and then I yelled, hey, buddy, do you still want me to shake your... <laughs> and he full speed across the parking lot at me, ran right into a right hand, did it like a matrix backbend, kept his balance, and ran straight at me again like it worked out the first time. Now, his third time in doing this, he gets a hold of me, pushed me on the ground, and I'm like up kicking, keeping him off me. And there's a couple minutes where my one friend is pushing everybody out of the way. Keep it fair. Keep it fair. Little Chris is like the other 10 and little Chris. And he's trying to make sure I get a fair one. Um, I end up getting back up and, and uh, I won. Let's just say to skip that part. Um, but the, the, the point is that. When he got me on the ground, afterward, the talks were like, so what happened there, Jared? Uh, you were like on your back, the kids running in circles around you. You're spinning around on your back by your feet, using him to <laughs> reposition yourself. Like, what's going on, dude? I thought you were this big badass fighter and just going to knock him out. He, there was a pocket of time in there where it looked like he was getting the better of you. What do I say right there? It's easy answer. I'm a boxer. I ended up on the ground. He got a hold of me. I ended up on the ground. I'm not as well versed down there. You saw what happened on my feet, though, before and after that time. Right? It's an easy answer. So for Qatar, if you're if you're like you have to make the argument that you're better somewhere and can't. How do you win a Max Holloway fight right now? And Max Holloway lost twice to the champ. But here's the question. This is the only time I want to see this guy again. And it's because he's giving Chigadze that 
launch board to get into those top three no, where wait, he belongs. Real quick, listen, let's be fair here. Hey, perfect. Let's be fair. Yeah, listen, uh, I think this is exactly right. And and I just, look, I don't want to say Calvin Cater doesn't have it because he certainly can. Maybe, maybe, we don't know. We don't know he, what kind of me. metal this guy has yet. <laughs> I would I would err on the side of this is not going to be the same guy we saw before. I, I, mm. I truly do believe that. I also agree with what Jared just said and what Tony's saying. I think for, because let's be honest, Jakadze hasn't really fought anybody yet. He doesn't really have a resume that even suggests he should be in a ring with Volkanovsky or Holloway, let alone beating either guy. So okay, we've still not we've seen that skill set. He's got great skill set. We've seen it against lesser opponents right now. You go in there and you blow the doors off Calvin Cater. I mean, sign this guy up to fight one or the other ASAP, and let's get it on. But I think right now that's the spot Cater's in where. Dude, if if Cater knocks Jakadze out cold in the first round, he'll he will change every perception we currently have of him. But after, uh, did you watch the fight with Holloway? It was I mean, bad. It is, get oh, it, it, it was, was brutal. It I'm was. I've never listen. I have never seen a beating that bad in my life. Again, under, I mean, right? There's a difference between getting outboxed, dude. That that was like watching a bare knuckle fight. It was it was rough, and I, I do watch horrible. I, I do watch bare knuckle fighting, by the way. That just, I love it, that. Stuff. Oh my god! It's, <laughs> it, it, let them go all rounds, bro, and just look at their hands, and it's so swollen. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! That's why we need gloves. The but, equivalent, Joe, is that the, the game show I talk about versatility, mm-hmm. where you have a hundred activities. You pick ten, I pick ten. We narrow them down somehow to seven, and we do the activities. And there's some things we're really bad at, and things we're really good at. This was the equivalent of Max Holloway going, "Hey, you pick." But here's, but here's, you the pick all the things we're gonna do. I'll beat you at everything. This is the little brother thing where I say, "Make up a game, tell me the rules, and as long as you're playing by the same rules I am, I'm going to win." But again, <laughs> is it fair to say he got exposed yes. when you're fighting Max Holloway? When hold on, but hold on, that's how you, you get exposed. Said, no, no. You guys said before that he didn't have the skill set. No, the one skill set he had so it's like, is boxing. the one he got it's to employ, yes. and he was That's outboxed by a guy who he didn't think was a better boxer than it's him. Best. It doesn't matter if he didn't think he's a better boxer. Max Holloway is a better boxer. It doesn't yeah, matter but, whether or not he thinks it. Well, he's I'll tell you right now. Thing, slow down. Because Qatar well, boxing hold on. is best. That's my point. Before no, stop. I'll tell you right now. Pride. Right. Before the fight, Jared thought exactly that. He thought Kelvin Cater was going to box the bejesus out of Max Holloway. And I was like, no. I'm like, you know, Max Max will take him down. Max is very versatile. And Max likes to throw. And I even joked, Jared. You'll remember during the, the morning of that show, I said these guys might land a thousand punches combined. Okay. There were a thousand punches thrown in that fight between the two guys, and Max landed like six hundred of them. <laughs> I was pretty close, and I was joking, but this was again, this was a national spotlight, and we had talked about. I said this is a great fight for the UFC because they're gonna they're gonna see something. They're not gonna see two guys rolling on the floor, and Max took that a step further and like we ain't going out at all. We're gonna stand here for five rounds, and I'm gonna beat the bejesus out of you. 
And again, there's a reason in the middle of that fight where he turned and started to announce to the to the to the desk that he was the best boxer in the sport because there were a lot of people, Jared included, who thought Calvin Cater was a better boxer. I don't know. And he still listen, he still might be. But that night he was not. It was maxed by a mile. And so we say he got exposed because mm-hmm. if you're a one-trick pony, that one trick needs to work. Really My problem with Francis Ngannou, as long as I've been uh, uh, following this guy, is what else? Mm-hmm. And you and I talked about this on the phone one night, Pride. Him stuffing one Stipe Myocic takedown attempt does not mean that, that Francis Ngannou knows how to wrestle. Right. Yes, he got yeah, yeah. one. He stuffed one takedown, took the back. It, it, it got broken up quick. Back to the feet. He was calm. We don't know what kind of Francis and Gano we're going to see going forward. People want to bank on we're going to see the one that was in that Stipe fight, but every other fight that Ngannou's ever fought would say, "Don't bank on it." What especially, if Holloway? What if Holloway was a money head. man? What if Holloway was a money man, a win now guy that didn't care what he looked like? He didn't care about being the best. Right, just a win now, guy. Does that fight go five rounds? Nah, he would have taken him. He would have finished. Yeah, him in the second. he'd have done something else, anything right. but boxing, and finished it in the second. I, I totally know, agree. I he went know. in I... there like I can do what you do better than you do it. And once that happens, where do you go from there? If I'm getting outboxed, I got a problem. This is the kind of thing that only an elite fighter will take your one skill, your one trick pony show. And they'll one-trick pony you better. But that's that's what elite life. fighters do. Again, the names that I mentioned in the show in regards to that are John Jones, Valentina Shevchenko, and Max Holloway. Three of the greatest to have ever done the it. The greatest is fail now. ever. Just yeah. came to me. The greatest fail ever. Ronda Rousey. But again, I'll beat her at her game. Yeah, I'll box box Holly Holly home. Yeah, dumb as hell. Didn't work out, but that's exactly what Mox Holloway did, and he made it work. Now, now, if Rousey had beaten home, we would have been like, dude, home got exposed because her boxing is her forte. Yes. So that's how she would have gotten exposed. Rousey was exposed as a fraud in that fight. No, she wasn't exposed because she just arm bars. <laughs> Listen, this is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. You guys are literally making the argument I'm making. Cater's not elite. His boxing he's, skills are elite. Yes. Overall, he's not elite. We Correct. knew that for sure after the Max elite. Holloway fight. So, so again, let me. Okay, so Max Holloway helped us. Let me ask you guys out. a question. Let me. Did let me ask you guys that a question. Out no, 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 no. People have been saying this before. That. People Holloway have been saying this before that. that. No, no, who said that before? before that. That. It was the exposure to Max the Holloway. The only thing it was with Max Holloway was the boxing. That's really all it was. But let me ask you, gentlemen, a question: Who is a better boxer? Well, I, Jared, I can't, I can't ask you because you picked, you picked uh, Cater, so I, I, um, uh, I, I can't ask you, Joe. Who's a better boxer? Heading into that fight, who was a better boxer? Was it Cater or was it Holloway? Who was the better? Who was the better before boxer? the fight? It was Calvin Cater. It was yeah. it was argued amongst the sport I've never that heard that guy... disrespect on the good name of Max Holloway. Oh, I've stop. Never heard no, listen, oh, no, this guy's out of your mind. Max Holloway oh, that's so is disrespectful. That's so no, disrespectful. not at all, dude. And I would say that the number two boxer in, in the sport was, was considered to be Dustin Poirier, who, by the way, outboxed Max Holloway. So, yeah, so Max got exposed by Dustin in, in, in a ring boxing. Literally, Dustin outboxed him. 
And so there was some question about what a great boxer Max was because he lost to Dustin Poirier. I'm learning a lot here. I'm learning a lot here. He did. Max I'm Holloway, telling you. Max Holloway can't box. Um, I'm Giga sorry. Supposedly I, solo Alexander Volkanovsky. Your, I'm learning your, a lot today. Is your speaker broken? A little I just, bit. I, I just, I just hold on. I, I just <laughs> explained to you that Max Holloway, highly regarded for his boxing, but considered an all-time great for his all-around skill. Max doesn't normally go in a ring and, and, and just box people. But he can't. Max does anything he wants in a ring because he can. He went into the Calvin Cater fight thinking, I'm going to show everybody I'm a better boxer than that guy. It wasn't clear cut who the best boxer was. But again, Cater's whole career was, was predicated <laughs> on the fact he's an elite boxer. It's crazy. Max he, came to the sport because he's a great all-around MMA fighter. We he's very switch. good boxing. He's mm. one of the best, and he proved after that fight that he might be the best. Yeah, we literally just switched because in the beginning, it looked like I was defending Calvin, right? And now we switched, and so now you guys defending Calvin. It's so <laughs> bizarre. I don't know how we got to this point, and I'm strange. just so confused. I don't understand what you're saying. So let's move on to actual boxing. <laughs> I don't even know what he's talking about now. You're you you're talk defending to me, Calvin. You talk to us, no one's no one's defending Calvin. We were saying before the Holloway fight, his boxing was. He's never been a better boxer than Max Holloway. That's it. That's it. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you from there. Free Max Holloway. You could be wrong. It's okay. Free, Listen. Free Max. <laughs> nobody. Listen. Nobody wants to be wrong. And in every argument, unfortunately, somebody is. And in this one, you are. And listen, I still I still highly value everything you say and do. But let's talk about this fight. Joe Smith Jr. Uh, <laughs> is taking on Steve Jaffard. Uh, now, Jaffard is, is stepped in here uh, about a week or so ago for one of the Callums. I think it was Callum Johnson. Yes, Callum Johnson. One of the Callums. It doesn't matter which Callum it was, but it was one of them. He uh he backed out of this fight. Um, here's I want to I want to throw this out there for everybody, and I I want you to just close your eyes and imagine this for a minute. <laughs> Joe Smith Jr. is the Anthony Smith of boxing. Yes, beat an aging champion yes. when he was younger. Has a couple of wins over fellow gatekeepers. He wins enough where every now and again you're like, oh, he should fight for a title. But here's the thing. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. lost to Bivol already. He will lose a rematch to Bivol. He would definitely lose to Baturbiev. I've I've heard talk, Bob Arams talking about if Canelo moves up, he said Joe Smith Jr. might be the opponent. I understand why. Because if I'm moving up to light heavyweight, Jared, that's the guy I would pick to fight yeah. before I fought me the too. other two. <laughs> that's for sure. And here's the thing that kills me. Jared, I've heard people say, like, this should be a cakewalk for Joe Smith Jr., but then nothing Joe Smith Jr. has ever done has ever been a cakewalk. Why would this be any different? He literally makes things harder. Yes. Literally. I love Joe Smith Jr., don't get me wrong. Yeah. This is a a prime example of, again, this is a guy, and I think if if you look at what we were just talking about with Volkanovsky and Holloway, that's Baturbiev and Bibble. Hmm. Yeah, Joe Smith Jr. is the Calvin Cater 
of that division right now. He's sort of, he's good. He could beat a lot of dudes. He's a good people, boxer. There's people, yeah, there's he's people not that the can best outbox boxer. him. <laughs> hey, so uh, this is one of my favorite nicknames. You'll get what's coming to you. Steve, you'll get what's coming to you, Jafard. No, nothing. It's an Aladdin line. I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch it. Oh, because that's the name of the. Okay, oh, all right. That, that went over my head. That went over my head. That went over my head. Not gonna lie. Steve, you'll get what's coming to you. Jafard is a sparring partner of Baturbiev. That's the only reason I kind of like the over. Uh, otherwise, that, this is yeah, late replacement sparring partner type guy for Joe Smith to get some work in. I think he'll outbox him and win. He may stop him, but he may not. Like I said, sparring partners for Baturbiev have to be pretty durable. I have this thing going the distance. Or, or I'm sorry, let me check that. I wrote down, I think this goes at least 10 rounds. I agree with you. I think Smith might get a late stoppage here. I definitely think this is going to be way – I feel like Joe Smith Jr. fights to his level's opponent. If he's fighting somebody good like, say, Bernard Hopkins, he fights out of his mind. If he's fighting somebody like Steve Giffard, I feel like he's going to do uh, what he did against Sullivan Barrera where he's going to fight down to the competition. Yep. And I got a Six feeling – Six and a you half know, is the over even, you know. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought uh, his fight against uh, Vlasov. I thought he lost that fight. I was very and 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 so was Vlasov, as I recall at the end of the fight. Certainly thought he did enough. I thought he did enough. One of the things about Joe Smith Jr. that really struck me in that fight, and I had sort of seen it in the Alvarez fight before that, he doesn't throw a jab. Like he sticks his left hand out there. Sometimes it's kind of a jab, mm -hmm. but he's just trying to throw an overhand right. It reminds again, me. I mean, that, that will work against lesser opponents, but that doesn't work against good fighters. And that's why I, how this guy's made it this far beyond is me. beyond me. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because he fights like a Deontay Wilder, right? He's like a Deontay Wilder with less power where it's like, there's really no technic, there's no technicality there. None I'll all. tell you, I don't hold on. I don't think there's less power. I think there's, if you could believe this, less technical skill. Oh, yeah. So, what? So, how we go from zero to negative three? Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Look, Joe Smith Jr. punches very hard. He just doesn't land a lot. And he doesn't, he doesn't set up the right with anything. He just throws the right out of nowhere. Technical? You think he's less technical than Deontay Wilder? I do. Yeah. I don't think and, so. And, I think they're about and, the same. And I'll say that's the worst insult I could levy on a boxer <laughs> if we're just talking about skill and not anything else. Yes. Yeah, and, I think, and, I think ooh. I watched, dude, in watching, I mean, I've watched the last five or six Joe Smith Jr. fights now. Okay. And the thing that strikes me in all of them is, my God, this guy's not a good boxer. No, I they're going to even... keep him relevant. They're keeping him relevant. This is the guy that you can safely beat without people saying you cherry-picked him, which is what makes Anthony Smith a perfect analogy. Hey, how about Anthony Smith? Ah, he's not bad. Like, it's right, not like good. people are going to go, oh, you fought Jafard, you know? <laughs> but to Joe's point, though, um, my concern with Joe Smith here is not only you're fighting a guy in Jafar who's not as good as you, 
but he's taking this fight on what was it like a two weeks and on like a two week notice? Very short notice. And again, Joe Smith is the type of dude. If 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 he comes into this fight taking it serious, and he's fighting a top talent guy, a top caliber guy, he'll he'll give you everything he's got. The problem people have with him, to Joe's point, when you give him a no disrespect, but a nobody, he tends to just be like, all right, cool, whatever. And it's like, you need to be careful because this is the type of fight that if you lose, this could make people, I, I'm not saying it'll end his career, but people, some people will start looking at you weird. That. Yeah. They'll start looking at you like, we really like this guy. Like, I wish Jafard was a better puncher because with the with the numbers the way they are and the short notice, and, like he was in the gym. He's not rolling off the sofa. He was in the gym. He trained, right. helped train Baturbia for his last fight, who is, I believe, one of the greatest fighters in the game. So just on the strength of him being a sparring partner, I kind of like the over six and a half. I'm with Joe on the over. Yeah, man. It's, uh... By the way, uh, the uh, 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 Johnson tested positive January sixth was his was when he uh, pulled COVID. out of this bout. So yeah, this is literally a little bit less than than less than two, uh, two weeks. Yeah, so very very impressive for Gaffard. But yeah, uh, now you know a few weeks ago uh, we saw that fella uh, that fought uh, Sean O'Malley. Um, uh, uh, so what was that dude's name? Oh, green hair, the, the green hair dude? dude that that took a beating. You know, we saw uh Paul Felder step in <laughs> late yeah. and and give us a a fight. So, you know, I I think uh, don't forget Andy Ruiz. I mean, I I think you know, anytime you get a guy coming into a fight on late notice, and and a guy who's got stars in his eyes, a guy who could who, who a guy who does it. Here's the thing. If you're not overwhelmed in the moment, and that's really hard to do, I think that's hard for some of our favorite fighters in the sport right now, both sports, boxing and MMA. And you know the guys I'm talking about where when they get on the big stage, they don't win fights. And and there's there's a pretty good handful of great fighters, and we should do a whole show on that one of these days about those mm -hmm. guys that have lost uh, Wonderboy Thompson, one of my favorites, a guy that comes to Jail mind every Sonic. time that that guy's been in a, an opportunity to fight or get it, he loses. And and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, I, I don't know. You could see something magical tonight is all I'm saying. It, it, it would not. The, the most telling thing I saw was Bob Arum said to Joe Smith Jr. If you can avoid the upset tonight. There's some talk that you could be Canelo's next opponent. So already Joe Smith Jr. is kind of eyeing towards what could be Combine a fight he probably doesn't deserve over Bibble or 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 Baturiev. All he's got to do is win. It's going to be on his mind. The pressure of this fight suddenly has gotten immense. My question is, and I love Joe Smith Jr. and I love the guy's moxie, is he going to be overwhelmed knowing if I take this guy out? And here's the thing, too. Jared, would you agree with me? If he blows Jafard out, say second, third round, he floors him. That's just going to make – it's going to give Canelo all the more reason to want to take a fight with Joe Smith Jr. Again, a that's fight he still he's won't have deserved. Hard. 
Yeah. That's why Smith is fighting Jafar to make the argument that he should get that big money fight. And those guys can't wait. The Canelos of the world, they can't wait. But Terbiev doesn't want to fight Joe Smith. Bro, what a right. What a, <laughs> hilarious. And, 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 and I'll say this listen, thank God. Terrence Crawford is away from Bob Arum in top rank because this is exactly the kind of thing Bob Arum does. That he's basically told Joe Smith Jr., dude, if you beat this guy tonight, I can get you a fight where Canelo kicks your ass and you'll make a ton of money. Huh? What do you say? Yeah, it's 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 what a great promoter that guy is. By the way, the green haired guy, Chris Mutino. Mutino, thank you. Appreciate that. I just want to look it up. And uh, and and listen. This is why I always say boxing is trending downwards, bro, because we got jokes like this. But, hey, Jake Paul is fighting, so that's a good thing in boxing. So, for all <laughs> you people out there who think it's a great idea, you're an idiot. Um, Honestly, I hope he wins, and I hope he goes fights Canelo. I hope. I really do. I want to see a murder live on TV. Yeah, I <laughs> Is this, is, this some kind, is this some kind of weird kind of soft sank redemption boxing remix with the with the <laughs> I hopes in there? That was like, and listen, man, like it's to the point now where like I'm I'm looking at Canelo a little funny now. I'm starting yeah, to look just at him now because and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why, <laughs> Jared Joe. I'm gonna explain you why I, I'm doing it now. He only started giving uh, Mayweather the odd eye like three months ago. So no, no, big boy steps. I'm two just teasing ago. you. I'm yeah, just no, teasing. but like the only reason is like I'm a Canelo fan. Andy I Kaufman love- was the greatest champion of all time. <laughs> but look, I I love Canelo. I'm a Canelo fanboy. That's really what it is. But it's now starting to get hard to defend him. Every time he took another fight, I had some some avenue to kind of be like, well, you know, I could give him an excuse. I'm starting to run out of him. It's now to the point where when he's if he takes this fight, I'm just gonna if someone asks me, what do you think about Canelo now? Yeah, like that. That's really the only defense I have left. The only Don't defense I have left is let him do it. Prime of your career when there's five, six, seven better guys you could be fighting. Easy. Offer, offer Usyk a fight. Act like he won't come back down and unify those belts. Offer Usyk a fight. Act like both those guys can't make a catchweight. Yes, come on now. They can. Come on. Either now. one of them, light heavyweight or heavyweight, find a weight class. Usyk will beat him. But Turbiev will beat him. Uh, yeah, and I don't like this guy based on this stuff. You've tailor-made Joe Smith. I told my wife when we started dating she she could be one of these types. Just go beat up people who can't fight at all. Build yourself a record of 14-0, and 14-2, and 2, and then you go get your ass kicked by Misha Tate for $8 million. It's a great idea if that's what you want to do with yourself and your body. If you but need a promoter, by the way, that. Bob Arum would ha- be happy to jump on something like that. Dude, we <laughs> built a sport in such a way that anybody can really do that. If that's what I want to do with my kids is make an undefeated world champion. There's 18 belts. All I got to do is pick one of the unclaimed ones off and choose an opponent. And that's and it. we're there. The and intercontinental super Middle blonde way. hair, stepchild, <laughs> no, there, there's, cousins. There, there's gonna be a belt eventually, and I'm telling you, and I only say this half jokingly because the name is probably gonna be different. It's gonna be the intercontinental North American, um, European super duper, 
unlimited but specific weight, and that's going to be the name of it, Championship of the World. I do feel like Super Duper is going to definitely sooner or later. Sooner or later, we're adding a duper to one of these. This is a Super Duper unification (laughs) where we've we've got all the super belts, and we're going to unification super super belt. And then yes. it's a super better, duper. It's and not a unification because you don't have Joe. all of them yet, so it's just a duper. And then to make it better, you want to know why we call it the duper in there? Duper, you know, you know what else begins with D? D? Dumb, because it's gonna be catchweight, and Tyson Fury is gonna go fight Loma, and let's see what happens, bro. <laughs> like, like, bro, this is getting ridiculous, man. And again, I love Canelo, but. Yeah, yeah, we're a step away from two guys versus a lion. Like, we're going backwards. Listen, (laughs) we can, hold on, we can all love Canelo, and you can love Al, you can can even love Mayweather for what he did early in his career, but just don't respect what they're doing now and, and want more and ask them to stop trying to influence the next wave of boxers to do the same BS move they're pulling now. That's all I would ask. All right, Jared, let's take a look at our puncher's chance. Uh, You got a couple of fights here you like. Tell us Avery about it. Sparrow is a win all day. That one's that one's easy. Two to one for Avery Sparrow. I want to caution you about this under. I put Abraham Nova up there. He's a like 25 to one favorite. That is the most likely outcome. Um, but I like the under just as much. Uh, this this kitty's fighting can really, really punch, and it and it wouldn't surprise me if Nova's the one that ends up getting. Well, it would surprise me very much if Nova's the one getting knocked out. But somebody's getting knocked out in that fight. They can both punch. It's going to be a great fight. And they're both not. Neither one of them is as polished as they should be. Mm-hmm. So definitely a fight to watch. Abraham, Supernova, and William Encarnacion. I love it. Just took a picture of that. You always take a picture. That's your best bet. Jared's also willing to text you or email you. You just gotta, you just gotta reach out if you. Oh uh, yeah, and hit me up before noon if you want, real quick. Four out of seven times I've hit on my new college basketball algorithm. I'm up about a thousand dollars from this week. Uh, seven hundred on forty-two. I sent you a picture of it, Joe. Um, so the way it works is the more college basketball games there are, the more numbers I have to deal with, but the better ticket I'm going to, the better parlay I'm going to come up with. There's like 120 games today. Mm. And every time there's been over 40, I've hit something. So college basketball algorithm working out too. Mm. All right, Jared, why don't you, uh, you hit us off with that flurry? Uh, this week's flurry, I'm sure to offend some people. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and do that anyways. Uh, we got suggested this thing called birth to three. And a lot of people have been talking to me about it and asking my opinion on these child development classes for your one-year-old. If they are having trouble speaking and they'll ask you questions about your child and, and their, how they're developing. And then they'll recommend this birth to three where someone will help them along just in case, you know, if there's some autism or, or something there, we're getting a head start. So you feel like you're doing the most diligent thing you can do as a parent. And one of the things that Elliot didn't do that made this suggestion was mock like he's talking on a phone. I have AirPods. Nobody on TV does that. His mom and dad don't do that. He's never seen anyone do that. 
your questions are dated and that one doesn't make any sense. So we get suggested this birth to three along with most of the people I know that have children of that age. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get a head start. I'm on the autism spectrum myself. And when it starts to turn into a problem, because him not doing this isn't a problem, but when it becomes an issue, I think that's when you go get it looked at and not just to give them that extra, because the kid next to him is not getting that and doing just fine. They're exactly the same, except one of them's being treated. And that sets a very bad uh, precedent for the future for that child. Now, the thing that really got me about it is right when they suggested it, we're looking at some of the things Elliot's doing and going, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? And my wife's a parent for the first time. I have a 15-year-old daughter, but this is her first. And just want to make sure we're being good parents and diligent and doing everything we can do for our baby boy. And they suggest birth to three, and we're back and forth and back and forth about it. Now, we ended up not doing it because, like I said, until it poses a problem for them, I don't think it's something you go get them treated for. Now, right after that, this kid starts doing the alphabet, starts doing numbers, starts doing shapes. The kid wakes up and goes, triangle! <laughs> just Every morning, wakes up, says a different word that doesn't make any sense. Opposite! Like, I'm not just going to wake up and scream that, but my son does. Um, so all of these major advancements, like mind-blowing things that he's doing, and he's coming along, and I'm realizing that that's that age bracket where that burst happens. If we had gotten him into birth to three, they would have fooled my wife, and they even would have fooled me. I would have been like, he's developing so well, they must be doing some kind of magic over there. There must be some kind of genius going over there at birth to three. And let me tell you, there is. Because they're getting paid to teach one and two-year-olds how to talk. And then when the kid starts talking, they've done their job successfully. That is genius. You're taking advantage of parents that want to be diligent, but... I had a buddy walk in and say, hey, what's your success rate? You run a business where you help people and they get better at something they weren't doing before, right? Any other such business would have a success rate. But when he said, what's your success rate? She said, what? Yeah, what's your success rate? I, we don't, nobody ever asked me that before. Yeah, yeah, because it's 100%. Because you're taking on one-year-olds who can't talk and giving back three-year-olds who can talk. That's nature, 99.9% .9 of the time. You're not catching anything. You're just fooling people and taking their money. So no disrespect to the people out there who have children that are going through real stuff, but I can name about 100 little kids this has been suggested to that needs no such help in their life and are developing just fine. Thanks, guys. So Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. 
Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is people over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. All right, that is going to do it for today. A big thank you to Chris Sawyer from Annie Mac Home Mortgage, to JPEX Financial Group in Glastonbury, and to Jess Rydell and CTBB Realty in Middletown and Glastonbury. We thank them for sponsoring today's show. A big thank you to Riley Barrett Valdez. His podcast, Prideful, his Prideful Thoughts podcast, rather, uh, goes live Monday. Wednesday and Friday, and he loves to be called out for various things. He really does enjoy that a lot. So I love to get exposed. <laughs> likes, likes being exposed. He loves yeah. to get exposed. Yeah, I get See, exposed from I, I Jared. If you're right, if you weren't good at this, we couldn't expose you. Sure, you know what? Whatever, man. Whatever. Qatar got exposed. Max Holloway's horrible, and I get exposed from people who go to ESPN and they get their information from there. You so expose yourself other places, you might get in trouble for it. So right here on right, Broadcast yeah, is a spot I, I, for I you. I tried to do that outside, and I don't know. I got yelled at. You got I a court know. date in March. Yeah. They, they, they're not going to go see a judge. Like, what, what is this? Also, I'm going to be clear on one more thing. I've only said this 500 times, and I've sent you guys in, in our group chat videos numerous times over for my favorite fighter in the MMA, Max Holloway. Stop saying that. I didn't. No one. No one ever said Max Holloway isn't an elite champion. All I said was his boxing skills are fantastic, Horrible amongst idea. the top, but they were not considered to be as elite as a couple of other guys. He definitely proved who the man is, and I don't think anyone is ever going to go toe to toe with Max Holloway ever again, because the the lesson's been learned. Yeah, He'll break uh, your. He'll break your jaw and your spirit. I won't be questioning that part of his game in the future. No, <laughs> not at all. Fine. I'm wrong. I concede. I concede. Yes. I concede. Best show ever. See, we I don't get that on this show. I concede. Speaking, concede. speaking of Ken and Minnie's wrong, Jace Garcia will be back next week. <laughs> From a man, Jared Jones, right, I'm right. Joe McGuire. Thank you so much for checking out the Throwing Jabs podcast, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Throwing 
throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clovercrest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist of cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet a stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains, from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs.